All right, it's Dirty Thursday on Grand Fork's Best Source. Oh, yeah. Joining the Bullring Boys, myself and Chad Hoff today, Tom and Blake Eglund, father and son, NOSA outlaw sprint car drivers. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Show today, by the way, brought to you by Duso Photography. And we just happen to have Bobby Duso in the studio with us. We're going to do a live intro with him today as our sponsor. And uh, Bob, first off, uh, we all know what you do. We look at the uh, Do So Photo Wall of Fame here in the studios of GFBS. But, uh, and I've been mentioning this too, and this was without even talking to you, but I kind of figured this is what was going on. Uh, I'm sure uh, people are probably bugging you about Christmas cards. Do you do that? Yes, we do. And it's that time of year. It is that <laughs> time of year. Uh, somebody wants their Christmas photos made into Christmas cards. It's easy to do, really. Uh, what do they do? Well, go to the website and on the banner hit greeting cards, and you're able then to go through and look at all the tons and tons of different options. And if you see something you like, hit the green get started button, and then that'll prompt me with an email, and I can send you back a link where you can set up and actually go build design and put your own card up there. If you have your own pictures, you can put your own pictures up. You can do that too if you'd like. And uh, you get professional-grade car- cards at a really good price. I just did 150 cards with the printed return envelope for a customer, and these are premium foil cards, mm-hmm. and it was 235 for 150 of them. Wow. That's cheap. It, it's very reasonable. And if you want to get, you don't have a, you want to get a professional picture, um, I'll come to the house for $75, do a family portrait, and then uh, take $25 off your card order too. So really for 50 bucks, you can get your picture done and have the, card, the cards made however, whichever way you want then. That's a hell of a deal, Bob. Uh, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we all know what kind of work you do. Uh, again, the Do So Photography Wall of Fame up here at the studios. And uh, so, again, if they want to do this one more time, how do they do it? Go to dosophoto.com, hit the greeting card line, and then look at the stuff. If you see something you like, hit the green Start Now button, and you'll put in your name and email address, and then I'll shoot you back a link that's your private link to go do, and then you can build whatever your card you want, set it up however you want, and do that, and work with you, and, and get it squared away, and get something looking good, and at a very reasonable price. And like I said, if you want to, if you don't have a good picture, you want one. In, in essence, fifty bucks will get you a picture. All right. Now, if you're a slow or a, or a bad listener like I am, uh, just go to dosophoto.com and, and basically follow instructions. Well, son, then go to the greeting cards. Yeah. A, a, okay. And uh, guys, have your wife do it because we all know how we are with following instructions. Yes. There you go. Dosophoto.com. Get those Christmas cards done. And uh, thanks to uh, hey. Duso Photo for uh, bringing you today's show. And again, uh, before we get going, thanks, Bob. Before we get going here, uh, Tom and Blake Eglin on the show. It is time for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me today. Uh, here we go. If you want to be a General Motors engineer, your memory needs to be perfect. Why, you ask? If you want to be a General Motors engineer, your memory needs to be perfect. Why? Well, because you have to recall everything. (laughs) Hey, I like that one. That was a good one. What did you think of that one, Chad? That was a good one. You know, that's top ten. (laughs) That's top ten. Tom Eglund, what would you think of that? I know you're a motor builder. I hope I didn't offend you. (laughs) You didn't offend me. My brother does jokes like that. Oh, good. Um, uh, We do on a serious note, though, folks. Uh, Ralph Wilde passed away uh, Thursday, November 12th. Now, Ralph raced raced, uh, for over 40 years throughout the upper Midwest and Canada. Uh, He was inducted into the River City Speedway Hall of Fame back in 2015. Tell you what, man, Ralph was a fierce competitor, a consummate professional. Um, I've known him my whole life. He was one of the nicest guys I have ever known. Uh, Known him since I was a kid. And I'm proud to say he was my friend, and, and I will miss him, along with um, our thoughts going out to his sons, Brendan, uh, his grandson, Zach, his nephew, Kyle, the, the whole family. Uh, Ralph Wilde passed away, and, you know, if we could just take a moment of silence for Ralph Wilde, it would be much appreciated. All right, thank you, everybody. Back to the show on a dirty Thursday. Chad Hoff back in the studio. Tom and Blake Eglin. And uh, the first thing I want to ask is, uh, I want to ask you this question, Tom. Uh, you're you drive truck. Yeah. Um, you ever go somewhere and they ask you where you're from, and you say you're from Climax? Uh, you ever get any really funny looks, or people go, "What?" Uh, pretty much <laughs> for real. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just say it's more than a feeling. <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Then, wait I tell, a minute. then I tell them they have shirts. Yeah, yeah. There, here we go. There we go. <laughs> I had to get that question out of the way right off the bat. There you go. Um, thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, first off, uh, uh, Blake Eglin, uh, son of Tom. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Blake. Do you introduce yourself to that all the time? Hi, I'm Blake Eglin, son of Tom. Every time. <laughs> Every time. Well, you know, <laughs> we've, we've been on this father-son thing for the oh, last couple of weeks, yeah. so I just have to keep putting that in there. But uh, tell us about yourself, Blake. Well, what do you want to know? Well, um, height, weight, color, ice. No. Uh, what do you do? How old are you? Where do you live? All that kind of fun crap. Uh, I'm 26. Drive the number 26 sprint car. Live in Climax, Minnesota. Um, work at American Woods in Grand Forks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. How long have you been racing? Um, about 10 years now, I think. Okay, okay. And we're going to get back to your start and your history in a while. Tommy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, 55, truck driver, owner-operator, been uh, hooked up with S&S Transport for nearly 30 years. Run number 14 sprint car, build some engines for some people, and live in my garage. And you write notes on your hands like I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love those Sharpie markers, That's man. That's the best form yeah. of paper ever. Yeah. And, and uh, you do you basically haul booze? Uh, not all the time, but yeah, quite a bit mm-hmm. now back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canadians have been thirsty lately. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I know another driver that hauls booze to Canada uh, a couple of times a day uh, for SNS. And uh, he asked when this whole COVID thing first started. Um, I can have problems getting across, and he's and they told him at the border, if you take the booze away from the Canadians, we're really going to have an issue up here. So you are okay. Yeah, <laughs> it seems to be flowing pretty good. I just haul it to the terminal in Grand Forks. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe Ryan or somebody brings it up there. Okay, okay, uh, yeah. Actually, it's uh, Jim is who I talked to, Jimmy Valandry. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Um, tell us, Tom, how did you get your started racing? I mean. People that know NOSA, people that know the sprint car drivers around here, I mean, you have been around for a long time. How did you get your start? Because I was looking at some stuff on social media. You didn't start in a sprint car, did you? No. In high school, I ran a, uh, I guess they were called a hobby stock back then. They, I don't know, they were a lot different. They were mm-hmm. just junkyard car, Nova. and mm-hmm. I ran that through high school and took a break. And then a friend down the road, Bought Mike Dobmeyer's car. Okay. I don't remember if Mike was taking a temporary retirement or what. Mm-hmm. I started wrenching with him. I built his motor. Actually, I started out doing that right away. And a couple of years, I think it was the second year, he got in a wreck. And uh, I ended up driving the car that year because he had sponsorship obligations. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, I had my own. How did you get started building motors? That's how you first got your start? What what got you into that? I've been tweaking with them since I was a kid. I mean, took my YZ80 apart. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, blew that up, I don't know how many times. <laughs> broke a lot of stuff. You, you, you're not a good engine builder unless you break things. Oh, well, exactly. So, so I'm getting really good. <laughs> so <laughs> were, you, were you one of those kids that used to take part stuff just to see if you could put it back together? I blew the circuit breakers in the house a lot. <laughs> it just, yeah, there's nothing we, nothing we don't take apart anymore, with the exception of the magnetos. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we've had everything apart. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I I've been to your guys's house before. Uh, it, it's pretty cool when you go to climax. You go uh, stop at the bar and say, "Hey, wh- where does Tommy Eglin live?" And they go, "Just go down there and look for the sprint cars and all the stuff <laughs> out there." And but I, I tell you what, that hour or so we spent at your house here last summer or the summer before, um, I never realized how much stuff you do over there. But there's a lot of guys in Grand Forks that are using your motors too, right? Yeah, we're down to about, what, seven, eight now? But yeah, probably seven or eight motors. We were up at like 11 for a while. And a lot of people got their first, or Nick Omdahl, he got his first win with us. Romley had one for a while. It was fun, you know. Mm-hmm. It got to be a lot. I think I built, jeez, oh, 18 motors that one year and then maintenance. And how long does it take you to build a motor? Well, I usually get them in a box mm-hmm. and they've been blown to kingdom come. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's like, can you fix this? Yeah. <laughs> Did you bring any Gorilla Glue with you? Let, oh, me, let me wiggle my nose for you. Oh, we. One time, a camshaft was so bent, we, we, and, and they're hard as nails. I mean, they're hard, mm-hmm. real hard material, and we couldn't figure out how to get it out because it was bent so bad. And we ended up doing a lot of stuff because you can't get in there with a torch. Mm-mm, no. So it took Blake and I quite a while back and forth. We're like, I don't know. You know the block was good, but the cam was bent so bad we couldn't get the cam out. So what does that take, like a, about a week and a half with a Sawzall to well, try to cut the thing up or what? You don't want to go animal and start wrecking everything. Right. So you got to try to think it out. We ended up, it had roller bearing blocks. So after we knocked the bearings out of it, with used the camshaft to knock the bearings out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we got enough wiggle room that we could get it out. Yeah, do you uh, use that old camshaft for a tool nowadays then? <laughs> no, there's a... <laughs> There's a boneyard for things like that. Yeah. Like sometimes the pile gets pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Blake, uh, I take it you helped the old man out in the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, have you always been a mechanical kid? Or I guess that just kind of comes with the territory, uh, being the son of Tom England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're no. not going to live that down just so you know. <laughs> I mean... It's like we're introducing Thor over there. Hi, I'm Thor, son of Odin. This is Blake Eglin, son of Tom. <laughs> Sorry. Back, back to topic. Uh, how long have you been helping the old man ranch? Uh, as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, been out in the garage probably since I was two or three. Yeah. Um, yeah, just as long as I can remember. I've been working on race cars. I mean, yeah. you know, when, uh, when I was over there, you look at what you showed me, some of the projects, some of the motors you were working on. And and I would think you have really got to love doing that kind of stuff in order to do it because I looked at it and went, oh, my God, how I, I couldn't remember how to put it together for one thing uh, myself. But um, sometimes it seemed kind of overwhelming when, when people bring a motor to you in, in a box in parts. Yeah, it can. Tom's already laughing. It can, it can be. <laughs> He's already like, laughing. It's like, what do you want me to do with this? Yeah, you know, but. Try to make something out of nothing. Does Tom yeah. ever look at it and be like, you know what? This is all you, Blake. I'm done with this one. Yeah. <laughs> Son, you take over. This is yours. No, I, I pretty much help with like taking them apart and, yeah. and getting them cleaned up and that. But he does all the building and all the measuring and all the, the real tricky stuff. I just kind of right. help get them cleaned up and whatnot. There Tear them apart and slap them back together after he does all the, the, the dirty work. Blake takes care of a lot of our normal maintenance, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's a ton off my shoulders. Oh, yep. that'd be a lot. They, he he basically takes care of my car nowadays. Okay, I mean I, I I do a lot, but we we work together and and we work a lot, and we have some we have some good help too, you know, mm-hmm. when they can. And but he, I mean, I I defer to him on a lot of stuff like that now because we get so tangled up in the. Yep. Who else comes into the shop and helps you out? Scott Zimbelman been with us. Since he graduated school, how many years? Is it was twenty? I think he started in like ninety eight. Wow! Like yeah, that. he's just he's a gem. I mean, he bought both four wheelers for us to use, and, and wow, uh, he's always there. He That's hauls, awesome. Well, we keep a spare car or two at his shop in Grand Forks. Mm-hmm. Oh, just in case, or and yeah. Scotty will like, we'll be apprehensive, and he'll be next thing we know about asking him to bring one out or change cars for us because on a whim we'll change things and pretty soon he's coming around the corner with the car and we're like wow we didn't even say anything <laughs> <laughs> and talon england my nephew does he comes out and gets all dirty doing our tire work and stuff like that and and now we're putting a curse on a younger guy maverick sidell and he's <laughs> curse. he's great well it is a curse mm-hmm. you get involved in this racing and, yeah and, and if you're there more than a month, it turns into a lifetime. Sure, it does. Oh yeah, yeah. You once you get the itch, and, the, and all of a sudden the drive, and and then like for for, for announcing, you I mean you smell that, mm-hmm. and it's just then you're hooked. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think it'd be the same way for you guys as well. Once you get that excitement, that adrenaline, then you're hooked. Well, exactly. It's like, what do we do? Yeah, We're yeah. Not doing it, you know. Yeah, just waving at the passerbyers, flybys. Yeah, yeah. the flybys. <laughs> yeah. We, we get a lot of those. Now, uh, you guys normally run 410s, I would imagine, or maybe a 360 once in a while, or, or what motors do you guys run? Uh, generally 410s. We've had, well, we've had pretty much every combination <laughs> under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had 388s. We've had a 
a 348, um, pretty much everything. Kind of what works out best for us for the parts we have and just try to make mm-hmm. what makes sense and saves a little money if we can. And A 388, I think the last time I ever worked on one of those was in an A-Mod, if that makes any sense. I think it was something like that. But getting back to the 410s, yeah. when, you, when you talk about maintenance, you guys, how often, how many shows, and what's all entailed with maintenance on one of these sprint car motors? Maintenance as far as weekly maintenance? Yeah, Whatever like you after, would do, or, or after uh, how long? Okay, well, say a typical it, it Friday night on, show. It all depends on what you want to spend down the road because, mm-hmm. I mean, they start beating themselves to death after 10, 12 shows. And, mm-hmm. you, and depending on valve lift and, and, and compression ratio, it, you know, the harder they hit, the less the less they live. So you start running stuff over 16 plus to one and, and, and 800 lift on the cam. It, it don't live long. You better be taking it apart eight, 10 nights. Yeah. We tried it. Our own stuff. It's not such a huge horsepower deal here after the heats. So I kind of manipulated around, softened it up on the lift so they live longer and everything just lasts longer. Like mm-hmm. like Bob's motors, uh, he started winning again once we I changed the tune on them, mm-hmm. dialing the cam back and fueling and things like that. You might not go out there and set a nine two seven, but you're gonna be. You know, he's still in the tens. Yeah, longevity yep. wise for that whole feature, he he's hated gonna be that there. motor. Did he? <laughs> it sat in my, it sat in my garage. The one he won in in August, he hated that motor. He hated oh. both of them. Oh, really? One sat in my shop for nearly a year. He wouldn't run it. <laughs> so then I call him up, and it was like two races left, and I said, "Hey, can I run that thing?" Because it was a pro built motor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I ran it, and I changed a few things. I just backed it off a little bit, what I could do without really taking it apart. Changed the fueling a little bit and backed off the timing and some other stuff and went out there and passed them with it. (laughs) (laughs) And then then it caught fire. You're like, hey, wait a second. Then it caught fire. Yeah. I mean, really literally caught fire or or boom. Oh, 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 oh. And everybody goes, oh, my God, that's Bob's motor. (laughs) (laughs) like, (laughs) (laughs) thanks. No, I pulled the valve cover gasket in the spring, caught it pull the valve cover so when it leaked a bunch of oil and boom um i i just want to uh answer some of these texts uh where's the beautiful julie uh somebody wants to know <laughs> she left the building because she didn't want to be on camera <clears throat> is she here with you somewhere she dropped me off and she says i don't even want to be in the room because they're gonna ask me something <laughs> she's <laughs> out maybe she's sitting over her rumors waiting for she you could be yeah um steven young amanda joanne right that would be awesome uh would you tell his mark kinzer story stephen young wants to know oh your God. mark kinzer story that was in lee's car in the gum out i think it was a heat or maybe it was a feature but we were running and i was coming out of turn two and mark come around and didn't really bother turning he drove over the front <laughs> of lee's <laughs> car and there was a picture in the herald back in the day and he was upside down and all four wheels of Lee's car were on the ground. They were steaming, and Mark flipped a couple times, and I couldn't get out of the car because things were way different back then, and we actually had to take a bolt out to get the steering wheel off. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they weren't they, the, the quick release. Mm-hmm. Mark had a, I had a half-inch wrench in the car. <laughs> safe. That's safety. <laughs> it yeah. was safety. We were so safe back then that, oh, my. I mean, our, our seats were zoosed in. Yeah. We, we oh always, boy. We went off the premise that the you know the belts held you in mm-hmm. the seat. Yeah, hold you in the seat. <laughs> well, anyways, one of Mark's crew, I didn't know it after the fact, but he had had quite a reputation. I, I guess the week before he had threw a big dirt lump at Sammy Swindell, but he come under the wing and punched me in the side of the helmet. I mean, I had my helmet on. Yeah. Yeah. He punched me in the side of the helmet. Well, then my guys, Lee and them, had come up on the track, and there was a. A little melee? And I'm trying to get out of the car. You know, where's my wrench? (laughs) (laughs) Where's my half-inch wrench? Where's my wrench? It made speed I guess. (laughs) Okay, the big question is, who won that melee? I don't know. I I don't know what happened after the end there. That was... I know they suspended that guy Mm -hmm. from whatever it was, gum out. 
Okay. Whatever, but yeah, wow. it's just, just this good story in the end. But we, that uh, was kind of common back then. Yeah, yeah. Things are a lot different now, aren't they? A lot different. I mean, <clears throat> people used to get in other people's cars a lot. Yep, yep. We um, have a bunch of more questions for you from uh, our listeners. But first, uh, I want to talk about this. If you want continuous protection to any indoor space, contact Pure Mist Total Indoor Environment Protection. They're multifaceted process. Tell you what, they use advanced technologies. It destroys contaminants in the air, on surfaces. Uh, it can protect homes, businesses, classrooms, clinics, fitness clubs, retail stores, hotels, child care centers, the studios of GFBS, and more. Now, this is the apex of indoor environment protection, destroying surfaces and airborne microbes, including viruses, bacteria, mold, fungi, allergens, odors. And an active peer is an FDA-tested and approved technology to reduce and eliminate SARS and COVID-2. That is the virus that causes this whole COVID-19 thing. And you know, like I mentioned, GFBS is now protected by Pure Mist. Shouldn't you protect yourself too? Call Chad at 763-229-7969 or go to puremistco.com. Protection of every second of every day, 365 days a year. Pure Mist Total Indoor Environment Protection. Clean spaces, healthy people. Blake Eglund, I feel like we're leaving you out of this here, but, uh, you know, um, he's got a lot of stories. Yeah. He's yeah, been around he's, a long he's, time. He's lived a life. <laughs> I, am, I am going to get back to you, so don't worry about that. But Jeff Liebrick, uh wants to know, uh, tell the Linnell and the garbage can at the Eagles story. <laughs> I, Jeff remembers it better than I do, but we were uh, having some fun that night, I guess, and Jason Linnell and everybody was pretty tuned up. And I don't remember how the circumstances happened, but I folded him up and set him in a garbage can. <laughs> and then he was like stuck. Oh my God. <laughs> For how long? I don't know who pulled it off of him because you would have had to tip him over to get him out. So that was like. That was before the cop car, you know. Yeah, yeah. Was, was that it? What Eagles Club was that at? On the east side there when it was just across the bridge. Oh, yeah, we right. We were walking out back, a bunch of us from, I don't know why we were all there. Uh-huh. We used and, to race our RC cars back in yeah, that building way back uh-huh. in the day. And Jason was clowning around or something, and I don't know, he ended up in a garbage can. <laughs> I don't know how he got there. He just ended up in a garbage can. Oh, it, it was fun back <laughs> Uh, boy, all, all kinds of people coming in. Uh, Amanda Joe says Julie has the best commentary during a race. I have to listen to her one time. Maybe I could pick up some uh, tips. Jade Hastings, Tom gave me his best Jack Hewitt impression my rookie year <laughs> six years ago already. Really? Jack Hewitt? You can do a Jack Hewitt? There's times. Yeah. <laughs> is, is today one of those times? I think I'm putting too much pressure on Tom. Uh, well, no, it was, well, Blake... Blake was there too. Yeah, we both got in on it. It was uh, we were racing. I don't know what we were. We were racing sixth or seventh or something. And Jade, I think, came in and threw a slider or something. And he got crossed up and sideways or spun out or something. His rookie year, you know. It's like he was evading submarines. Yeah, and, and, then, <laughs> and then we got crossed up and got passed by I don't know three or four cars or something. And we went down to his pit and had some words and. We've been cool ever since that one. But I yeah, love, I love Jade. Jade's yeah. great. He's he's come a long way. Oh my god, he's talented now. Yeah, oh, he just is. I want to ask you guys, um, both of you. Uh, first off, Blake, best night ever in a sprint car. Okay, first, how did you start racing? Did you jump right into sprint car? Yeah, I mean, I I ran go karts around the house and at my grandma's house. I never really raced them, mm-hmm. but since I was little, and then um, it started out. My dad called me. One day he was on the road, he asked me if I wanted to start a sprint car, and I started him for a while, and I became the designated car starter yeah. for a while, and then I got the hot lap, and then a little while later, I was in a car. Yeah. Great story. Yeah. Julie just reminded me of yesterday, because I'm forgetful, and she says she was up in the grandstand, and car was idling around, and she's squinting and looking, and, and she couldn't see whoever it was was smaller and she's <laughs> that because we hadn't said anything to her oh okay. yeah and yeah she goes that's blake surprise and she surprise balling and, <laughs> and shaking and william william dick yeah yeah in canada yeah he's watching right now number two race fan compared to julie but he was consoling her and got her through <laughs> 
was like, I had forgotten about that. And then the next week I was gone and Blake was on the laptop or whatever looking through. And she says, what are you doing? And he was ordering racing stuff. And she says, no, you're not. And I guess, no, I was home because I yeah. told her you have no say. Oh, you told her that? Yeah, I says, he's racing. He wants to race. I said, boys do. Yeah, and when you tell your wife you have no say, how does that work in your household? Because oh, I know it doesn't work in mine. I wouldn't go far in mine either. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Well, no, no, no. It, re- 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 reverse, like reverse. Right. It, it's not like that. It's just he's going to race. Yep. He wants to race. He, has, he doesn't do well, other things. You, like we just talked about, he got the itch. You got, he got to hot lap a car and do some, you know, just. And it's funny watching you guys on Facebook, too, when you guys warm engines up in Climax. You take the whole street up. Yeah. Like, that's how we do it in Climax, Minnesota. And we're up and down the streets just warming the motor. Well, uh, you just fire them up and pull them in the driveway and let them idle a little bit. Make sure they're, there's some stories about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I Every- had one run wild on me one time and nailed the curb and <laughs> broke the steering. Ever had the fire department called to your house because of a sprint car? No. Nope. No, no. Not yet? No. No. Not, never no fires. We're, we're pretty... Uh, prepared for things like that yeah there's been other times where we were fighting issues and we had to go light them up down on the elevator road there and (laughs) okay jade says chopped blake going into one and then spin out in front of him coming out of two uh if you were 18 that far would be in pieces all over the track and i wouldn't just be talking to you right now i went something like that lol good times i needed to hear that at the time yeah well thanks jade um getting back to blake Best time ever in a sprint car, your best night, favorite night, most memorable night? Uh, most memorable night's got to be my win in Grand Forks in 2018. Um, it's so hard to win in Grand Forks. And it's, I mean, there's nine, ten guys that can mm-hmm. win on any given night. And it's, right. it's just a hard track to win at. And if I recall, I was gone that night. Yeah. Uh, because I would have still been down trackside. And I remember trying to get you for an interview the next week. And you pretty much wouldn't give me an interview. You remember that? How disrespectful! Back in the pits. How did? How, do you yeah. know who that is? No, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I said, that was uh, Mr. John Roberts coming yeah. to talk to you." I, I said something about, uh, "Well, what happens if you if you win again?" And you said, "Well, that that'll be different." You remember that? Oh, I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> it was pregame for him. He was pregame, and he was already worried worried about the race going ahead that night. He didn't want to talk about last week, right, Blake? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. Yep. I don't remember. Maybe I was having a bad night that night. I don't remember. Well, that could have been. And you know, the thing is, uh, with the Nosa Sprint Car guys, and, and you're kind of in the minority there because most guys don't get their first win at River City Speedway, so that had to be a little extra. Oh, well, you did have a win somewhere else. Yeah, I, I kind of counted as. A half win, I guess, because it's not a full-on NOSA show, but I won in uh, in Minot in, like, 2015. I you know think. what? I, I would you'd... say a win's a win, dude, honestly. Yeah. And, and and pardon me, my, my apology, that's when I had talked to you was after that win. Uh, and that's when I said, what happens if you ever win at River City Speedway? And you said, well, then I'll talk to you. But then I think you won at River Cities, and I wasn't here. Um, I don't remember. Did I interview you or not? I don't think. No, I don't think no, so. I'm I sorry. think I was gone. I missed, I missed like a race or two. Left. Yeah, yeah, it's his problem. <laughs> and and <laughs> the best is the announcer in Minot. Well, that was unexpected. Which one was oh, that? Was, nice. that Larry, was that Larry McFall? I don't know, but oh. he, he swept the night. And, yeah. And then he won. And they were like, well, that was unexpected. <laughs> we, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and and, That's and awesome. I've his always. UPS suit on. Yeah, the UPS suit, huh? David Ruderman. It's David Ruderman. Oh, <laughs> uh, eBay. <laughs> full of oil. <laughs> you bought it what, on uh, eBay? What wow. year was that in Minot you won? 2015, I think. So that had probably been Lindsay Lawson down there talking to you, I'm assuming? I guess I don't. Yeah, it was It was a woman. I, I don't remember. Oh, no, that's not a woman. That's oh, a guy. Oh, that's a guy. Whoa. I don't remember. Oh, Sorry. First time. Whoa. First time no, you okay. ever went and raced without us. Oh, is that right? Neither Julie or I were there. That is so cool. And mine such a big track, too. It's I mean, fun. And to win at that one's pretty pretty aggressive, too. I mean, you can go some high speeds in that thing. I remember when I was down there, I announced it down there as well, and you go inside the, inside the track during World of Outlaws or any sprint car, because we usually didn't give any sprint cars down there very often. Um, yeah, that's how fast they go into the corner. It's crazy how they do it here in River Cities, yeah. for sure. But to see how much, how much speed they carried on the straight, straight away and just... It's, oh. it's so different on big tracks. Like when I first got there on hot laps, I was turning like 
three quarters of the way down the straightaway. Yeah. I was so used to these short tracks. Yeah. You know, I tell myself yeah. not to turn. You're going low. No. Yeah. Cheese curds. And yeah. The Cheese cars, curds. The cars do weird things at high speeds, like the right. window shift and the whole, your whole car will just move unexpectedly. It's So it's when, you're, when you're going down there, say you switch tracks. Okay, you're set up, set up for a pretty much short track, River Cities. You go into a bigger track like Minot. How do you gauge shifting the wing? What do you, what's going through your head as you're trying to go down the straightaway and telling yourself not to turn? And then you're like, oh, okay, I got I to gotta adjust. So as you're adjusting in there, what do you, what's going through your mind as you're going down? Well, it's usually if, if my car is getting loose, either from air pressure or fuel load coming off. If it's getting loose, then I'll pull the wing back a little bit. But you don't want to pull it back too far right. because it upsets the whole balance and, and whatnot. See, that's, that's, that, that's what drives me crazy because they're driving mm-hmm. at crazy speeds. Oh, yeah. And, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to shift the wing a little bit or I'm going to do this a little bit. I'd be shitting my pants. Yeah. Like, I got to do this well, and that. And that. there's no way I'd be able to do. If you're moving the wing back early, yeah. you might as well go in the pits. Oh, really? You're like, this car's going to be junk in about five <laughs> laps. Yeah. Just, I, I, I just, it's very interesting to me how you guys can make those adjustments as you're well, going through. We used through. to do it a lot. And now it's just a flick. I mean, just oh, a really? little bit. Just yeah. a little. Yeah, it used to be like it was a shift lever. But. <laughs> just like the wrench on the yeah. steering wheel. <laughs> um, Tom, how, how bad did it suck for you not to be there for that first win? For Blake, I mean, I bet you, it, it I was, bet you that stuff. It was bad. Julie was really upset. I bet she's just Julie. Uh, you've met her, but mm-hmm. she, she can watch a race on video and get just as excited as so. I mean, right. she, she absolutely loves it. How yeah, how yeah, upsetting? How important is she to your racing? Huge, both of you guys. Huge. She she absolutely loves it. Hundred percent behind it all the time. She would. Do more than even I'll allow on parts. Mm-hmm. Why well, can we don't have that? And I'm like, because we can't have it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know, know. you know, and uh, I I actually have to draw the line on what we'll spend a lot. That's all awesome. right. That's wow. cool to have the support behind that, you know, behind the scenes where you see Tom and Blake all the time, but then Julie's the one pushing, like, oh, let's, come on, we can well, do like this. Last night, she called me from upstairs. I was in my man cave downstairs. <laughs> she says, hey, yeah. are you guys looking at this part on Facebook? I'm like, no, we don't need that. <laughs> it was breaks. <laughs> we don't need that. Thanks, honey. I appreciate it. You guys just need to get one of those intercom systems in your house. It's yeah. like, um, I, I, I want to add this in there because this is something uh, people that know you, Tom, um, would agree to this. This is from Amanda Joe. Tom is my go-to guy when I'm having a bad day at the track. He knows how to lift your spirits. A lot of people say that about Tom Eglin, don't they? That's odd. Um. <laughs> you think so? I. Yeah, I, I don't know. Had a, I can be quiet, mm-hmm. put it, you know, sort of. You, you are kind of that guy and tell, I, I mean, I've known who you are and we've known each other for, for years now, but I didn't really get to know you until the last probably five, six years. And uh, I, maybe some people are like that, but um, once you get to know, both of you guys are, are fairly quiet until you get to know you. And then, uh, I, I mean, I could sit and talk with both of you guys for a half hour, and I laugh so hard my my gut hurts. <laughs> well, generally at the track, I could be watching over six or eight engines on a given night, right? And I'm a nervous wreck, right? You know, because I listen to them. Yeah, and, and your name yeah. is on that motor. Yeah. I mean, you're the guy doing it. Yeah, and, and I don't want them to have bad nights. I mm-hmm. just right. Don't. So and when it, you're when you're out there and you're doing the, you're getting your race. You say the heats are done. You're gonna check out your car and do something different to your machine. But then the guys that run your motors, like, hey, what can I do here? Can I do here? Is that? I mean, how do you get all that done in that time frame to make sure you're ready for your feature? We usually have a chart in our trailer. Tells, reminds me, I'm keeping track of who's got what nozzle, what pump, oh, okay, that, and and what corrected altitude we're at. So. If I think they haven't changed their fueling because the air's better or worse, I have walked down there and say, where are you at? Mm-hmm. And does, does that get to be a little too much on a, any given race night when, when that, maybe you should be worrying about you two guys? Stressful. He he gets after me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It can get overwhelming mm-hmm. because we're having a trying night or something, and I'll get a tap on the shoulder, and, and sometimes people haven't done their weekly maintenance. Mm-hmm. And that's usually why they're not running well. Yep. But then that's kind of where Scotty will jump in too. Okay. And he'll go. So there's your godsend right there. Scotty's a godsend. Yeah. Them yeah. guys, they'll run over, and they'll surround a car that's you know, and, and start working on it. Yeah. 
And by the way, Scott is watching the show. Um, <clears throat> Blake, I asked you your your best night on a racetrack. How about a worst night? Oh. Uh, I've had a few. Oh. Um, <laughs> just, he looks. He away. just goes. He does oh. one of these. <sighs> okay. Uh, do we have a, a first, a second, and a third worst night, or just an overall worst? Know. He never just bends something. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole car. Yeah. Uh, pretty much every flip I've had has destroyed them completely. Uh, I suppose that one. It's like, uh, could you just 20, wreck a wheel or something? It'd be, it'd be 2019 <laughs> when I flipped down the front straightaway. I think that was probably the worst one. I remember that one well. Yeah. Um, there's another mm. one. I stripped a cam spud coming down the front straightaway. Um, lost engine power and power steering, of course. Sailed it off into the white fence. Mm-hmm. Um, that one they got a picture of in the Herald. Um, the whole crowd went. <gasps> do, yeah. the, do those well, pictures? Yeah. Do those pictures make it on your fridge at home? Oh, uh, they actually hung it up <clears throat> at work at my old job. <laughs> <laughs> they actually hung it up in the bathroom. record of all time. Actually. Yeah, yeah, total big air, huh? Oh. Yeah, that one, that one, that one hurt. And, and and that leads to my next question: You ever get into one of those wrecks where you, you when you crawl out of the car, you you zigzag your way back to the pits? Yeah. Uh, after making a quick stop at an ambulance, do you ever think to yourself, "What the hell am I doing this for?" Or not? Uh, no, I've never really had that thought. Um, usually, it's just trying to get another one back together. Comes or... Home and looks over my new car that was meant for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's happened a few times. That's happened. No, a few okay, times. now that new car that was meant for you is it still being raced today? Oh, we gave it away. Oh, okay. But no, um, if it's there and it's available, we don't really put name tags on it. Okay, okay. I was just wondering if that one was still in one piece. I'm kind of an yeah, actually, Travis Strandell's running. It. Oh, okay, we gave okay. It to him last year, yeah. And um, that, and that was one of the points, John, that they're saying on Facebook here is that. They, somebody strongly believes that Tom has put more people into this sport than anybody mm-hmm. else running a sprint car. That these guys here have pushed people, not necessarily pushed people, but gave them their mm-hmm. start. And now look at, look at Travis Strandell. You gave him the car. Well, I've and actu- now look at him. I've oh, actually got his, his text right here. Uh, the Eglin family is amazing. There you go. Helped get me started. And they do my engines. They are awesome for our NOSA group. Chris Ratton was the best. I mean, other than Blake, but he came over one day. I hadn't met him. He wrecked our go kart. <laughs> we thought he died. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, he, so he wrecked himself and the go kart. Well, yeah, because I was bad. I was I don't know, ten years old or something like that, racing this go kart around. I had this little track by the house, and I was and I was light enough that I was going over this water main. And Chris comes over. He goes, two water mains. Two water mains. He asks, can I take that for a spin? I'm sure. Right? And he's going around. And then we hear him. He's ripping around. And then we hear. Typical Chris, <laughs> wide open. Wide open. And we yeah. hear this clink, clink. And then Ooh. just a dead stop. And we come over. And it had. He's laying there. And it had this steel steering wheel. <clears throat> this raised one. He inverted it. Oh, boy. Versus the Took brake lines, which chest. are 1,200 PSI. <laughs> and. Yeah, was, he had his foot on the pedal, and he, when he, he went forward, his foot pushed so hard that it blew the brake lines off. <laughs> they bent the right front up about yeah. eight inches. Yeah, he, he fixed it. I think he fixed it about a week later or something like that. But. So was that like a really quick stop? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he laid on my trailer moaning, and we're like, <laughs> we're like, you probably should go in. And I think he was 16 or 17. Yeah, he was still in high school. Yeah, and... He'd come around and he started helping on the cars. That's how it happens with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. a lot of the guys that, that get their start racing, uh, mm-hmm. they start with the helping. I mean, you, you look at it all the time. Even if you go up to a nap car, yeah. um, some of these guys got their start pushing brooms in race shops. And, and now look at what they're doing. But uh, that's kind of a, a theme. Well, yeah, him and Blake were taking care of my stuff for a while when I was gone. And then we had to go-kart track out there and... Chris was always sitting in the car, and uh, he never, ever thought he'd get in one. Mm-hmm. I called him up. I was on, coming home from Indy, and I asked him if he wanted a hot lap. And he, really? And I'm like, yeah. So he went out there, and I had told Chris that you'll never really get the feel for the car before he went out, if, unless you get on the throttle. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming he thought this might be his only shot. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
he went out there and it was like three quarters of a lap. And Chris has done some amazing things on dirt bikes and stuff around us. I mean, he's he's a gasser. And mm-hmm. Pretty soon he's just the hell with it. He went wide open. And first lap is like cool. And then he comes into one and sets her in there and just like happens to a lot of people. He lost the right rear tire and went zinging off. And he destroyed my car. Oh boy. Yeah. Scotty started pulling parts down before. <laughs> Before the car came to a rest. <laughs> and then we got it back together and actually got to race that night. And, and then I think Chris thought he was done. And I think it was only a week later I called him up and I says, wow, you might as well race one, right? So then he, he drove our, our stuff for, I think, two years. Mm-hmm. And then, then he, he wanted to get his own and do other things. Well, I, I, I think mostly he thought, I didn't care if he wrecked this stuff. Yeah. I had blown up a motor one night, and he thought I was going to take the motor out of his car. And I said, no. Then his grandpa bought a motor. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it worked out. I mean, that's got to be a special dude when you just say, here, go ahead, get in it. I don't care if you wreck it. I mean, I've had the opportunity, and I've said this before, to hot lap cars, and, and I won't because I'm the guy that's afraid. Oh, might yeah. not might not be my fault, but uh, I'm a firm believer in Murphy's Law. If something's going to go wrong with me, it will. It, it never fails. But I'm always that guy that's going... No, thanks. I'm not going to do it because if something happens, and not to mention, usually when I get asked, I'm about three beers deep, maybe four or five. No. Yeah. I don't make this stuff up. Well, I was barrel rolling down the back straightaway one night, and Chris was coming out of two, and I had enough altitude that he went under me, and he's like, oh, no, Tommy's going to wreck two cars tonight. (laughs) And the sideboard from my wing actually cut the hood of the car. No kidding. That Chris was driving. Wow. So when you're when you're out there and, and Blake's had one of his wrecks and you see Blake wreck, what's going through your head? Like Ow. Ow? No. That one with where he got hit when Presley accidentally he was going down the front straightaway and there's fire and whatnot on the side of the car, but when I'm like, that's it. Yeah. But then That's know, that's when the dad hat comes in. And well, not just it, a racer hat. Yeah, you know, it, it went a long distance. And usually, like, it's better if it goes a long distance. Than mm-hmm, sure. I've, I've had a couple where they were just sudden stops. Those are the worst. And they hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, you know, the, the, the farther you roll or flip or whatever, it, it takes that energy yeah, and that inertia that out of it. And you let the, the car and the wing absorb all of that impact, but uh, they're the ones that look the worst, but they're usually the ones where the driver is okay. Yeah, and, you know, like one of them, he caved in the bottom of the seat so bad, it was like six inches, and we had beat it out with a sledgehammer. And wow. Was, and I didn't know he he's tough. Mm-hmm. And I've actually gotten after him before about not saying when he's hurt. Yeah. Because I hit him in the ass in the house there, jokingly, and he had a broken tailbone. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, oh, those hurt. Those he, hurt he, he really he, bad. He, he raced the next weekend. So wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Jeremy Ekman says, what a great comedy show. <laughs> now we're a comedy show. Ekman is great. I, I love the guy. Another one, he's always. Yeah, he, he's always got something to say, uh, too, and he's got such a great sense of humor. Oh, uh, steering wheel show up. Or... <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of steering wheels, There's a man Tom. There's right there. Yeah, speaking of steering wheels, Tom's steering wheel came off during an RCS heat this summer. Uh, was very memorable. The look on his face was priceless. I remember when that happened. Um, I didn't get to see your face, but... Uh... <laughs> Just shock. It's like in all this time, I remember pulling up on. Mm-hmm. And I come in and we were... I was having a decent heat. And I come into one and all of a sudden the car just went right and... I got the steering wheel. I didn't throw it out of the car, but you do have an urge just to throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> How fast were you going? It was hot that night. I mean, it was fast track. Mm-hmm. I, I locked out that the car. Yeah. Actually, I, I just mashed the brakes, and I held the steering wheel in my lap, and it, it worked out. That was that night that I ended up having to start, like, 21st, and I was up to th- third and ended up fourth because Jack started racing with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jack, too. Right? Yeah. Um, Jeff Liebrich says, uh, now correct him if he's wrong, but did uh, he sell you his first chassis, an old Oz car? Uh, no. I don't know if that was my first one. No. He this says right or wrong, Tom. He's not sure. First one, I had bought a brand new Nygaard chassis from okay. Randy Nygaard in Sioux Falls. Okay. And then... I must have wrecked it. Some, I, 
I don't remember what happened at Osborne. That was uh, Jason Zach. Okay. That had that with um, Keith's uh, getting bad with names. Yeah. Well, Jeff, maybe your memory is going on you too. Um, <laughs> I asked Blake his, his best night at the racetrack and his worst night. Tom, same question for you. Best night ever at the racetrack. Winning. Well, yeah. no, I don't know. Sometimes it's, I, no, best night at the racetrack when Blake won. Yeah. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something? I, just, I mean, those are the greatest far. answers you could ever answer. Um, you could ever the get. That's hat right there. I, 100%. Yeah. I was thinking about that yesterday that I got a unique opportunity too. I mean, it, it's bad in one way too, but like when Bob won out in Mandan. Oh yeah. It's just like sweet, mm-hmm. right? you know, second one night and we had a lot, you know, we were helping out with tuning and mm-hmm. stuff and he, that was the first night he had ran that 280 because I had to tell him to take 270 out. And I'm like, there's a lot of nights on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Out. Yeah, that that's one of those nights. Those I wish things. I could have been there. Oh that was man, this year at Governor Cup, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, that's pretty cool to have. And he told us too when we had Bob in here. He said he was always thinking about hanging it up, and if it wasn't for Tory, he'd probably hang it up. But then, what makes him keep pushing is winning, mm-hmm. and he's getting back to that again. That's just pretty cool. And that's why you it's like it's hit or miss. You know, you don't you don't get the win, but your motor gets the win. So you're you're half and half. Well. Driving them, you know, you get a better perspective. Is power is great, but absolute power is it's just not. Some nights, it's, we right. built some stuff that hits so hard. I mean, I've watched them. We had built one motor that just was really wild, and he'd have a ball with it, but mm-hmm. he was tearing apart tires and late in the race. It was yeah. Just, so, so when you hear and 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 I had a hard time getting this at first. When, when I talk to race car drivers after a race and they say the track is too fast, I had a hard time with that at first, but then I kind of get it. You know, it starts to, you start to figure that out. But um, what do you think about that? If, if somebody says, or if you think the track is too fast, what do you think about that? Well, I don't know. If it's too fast, it's just usually it's not good racing. Mm-hmm. You know, once right. you kind of get strung out, it's, everyone's pretty right. much wide open. Because mm-hmm. you, you'll get the naysayers that say, well, isn't that what brakes are for? Yeah, there ain't, ain't a whole lot of brakes when it's like that. You no. pretty much hold it wide open and, and go. Mm-hmm. And you're always running the high side. Or, well, if, yeah. it's, if it's sticky, you just run right through the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, because you got it right to the floor. Speaking you know. of brakes, he's made me hit him more than once. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... Oh, come on now, Blake. You got to talk back to that. What's going on? <laughs> he's like, no, oh, we've I'm not doing it. A few times, but... I could scuff his right rear in Devil's Lake. It was right... Here, yeah, he yeah. just run me right off the racetrack. <laughs> it was fun. Um, worst night at the track for you, Tom? Oh, there's a list, and and, and that I don't want to hear about any of Blake's stuff. I want to hear about you this time. I don't know, going up in flames a couple times, you know, or just junking it. You ever been hurt in a crash? Not that I've. Nothing you needed to. We Nothing should, you had to put on your insurance bill? Should have. Mm-hmm. No, a lot of should have. Yeah. But, I mean, we didn't have stuff back in the day. Nobody did. Right. And the seats were tin cans. I took a header off a two once or one and ended up through that. Well, I actually ended up out in the uh, county lot one time, too, and nobody knew I was there because the fence <laughs> popped, out back, popped back up. <laughs> like, we're, they're lining up, and they're like, it goes over there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I'm sitting over in the parking lot of the, or the county lot. Yeah. They used to have that visibility fence there, and the fence had popped, sprung back up when I went through it. <laughs> and somebody finally, I think it was Brad Sang, went and said, he went off three. Yeah. And I'm like, where is everybody? <laughs> went to check it on me. It took 20 minutes to get my car back. You, you would think that's when the lab counters go, wait a minute. Yeah, we're, Tom's we're, we're there missing sitting, a guy. Yeah. Where Tom. was Steven then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's over there sitting on his, tire, his right rear tire, and he's like, where's everybody at? Like, waiting for him. I'm like, come on, guys. No, they made me promise I wouldn't get mad at the guy that put me there. <laughs> it was my brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm going to get to your brother here in a minute, too, but uh, Ben Solom, some of the best nights I've had that I remember and don't remember were spent with Blake Eberhardt, top-notch dude. I don't know who that is. Uh, John? That's it, his nickname for me, Eberhardt. Oh, Oh, Ben Solom has ben got nicknames for everybody. Yeah, Ben Solom. He uh, he prank called one of my friends, 
and said my name was Blake Eberhardt or something like that. I can't remember. It, it was probably it was the first day I met Ben actually. Oh, that guy. Yeah, Sen Bolum. Oh, yeah, he's God, a great guy. Right. Yeah, we've had him on the show. Uh, a couple more texts. John Beergard, great family, was out camping with family this last summer out at Frog Point, right outside Climax. Ended up in Climax uh, to gas up, had to go down. Uh, had a tire go down. I knew that Tom and Blake and Julie were down the road. Oh, yeah. Uh, come on. Uh, down the road. And I knew I went to the house and warmly welcomed by Julie. Asked if I could borrow a jack. Uh, Tom and Blake came out, let me borrow a jack. I brought it back, and Tom took me on an hour tour of his race shop. Incredible, very welcoming, great family. Man, we got some great stories, and and there's got to be a million Eglin stories out there uh, just because between the two of you, you guys have been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. There's putting a person on a spot now, but I, he's got a way better memory of stories than that. But, yeah, when we get together, it's it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I want to get back. At, uh, your brother is that John? Yeah. And he, I know, did he used to race sprint cars? Yeah. And now he wrenches with Bobby, right? Yeah. Bobby Martin. Yeah. Um, what got him out of the racing and into the wrenching? Do you know? Uh, we might have to get him on the show one day. Uh, you know the same old thing with like with everybody. It, it comes down to money and time. And he he was uh, <laughs> with his daughter's hockey. Oh she sure. He went up the world for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played up there and um so then we come back you know he was with me for a while but you know all brothers are and uh mm-hmm. we butted heads a little bit but we're good and probably get along better that you're not working on the same cars together yeah i think he was the one that got me or had bob have me do bob's mm-hmm. uh, i still remember way back in the day uh brendan wild and bobby martin uh, up in greenbush Coming down, and, and I was helping at that time. I was working on an AMOD with, uh, with Brian Wild, uh, Brendan's brother. And it was checkered flag, last lap of the feature. <clears throat> and Brendan and, and Bobby got together, and Brendan Wild launched. And back then, they had the, the little grandstand. I believe it was coming into turn one outside the fence. And Brendan launched and went over the fence, out of the park, and over that grandstand, and came rolling out and... and it was funny because they were kind of getting into it a little bit, and I, I still can remember this to this day. Your brother said, well, there's no mirrors in a sprint car, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, crap, I'm going to step back a couple of steps here because John's the ultimate one-liner. I mean. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, you look at him, he's a stout dude, you know, and I'm thinking. If he straightened his nah. legs out, he'd be 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> <laughs> stout was the best way I could put it. But, yeah. you know, he's got a bow-legged whatever, but I thought. You know what? This is those guys. I yeah. got nothing to do with this. I'm just going to go back and grip myself another beer yeah. and, and <laughs> sit back, and I'm going to spectate this yes. time. But, uh, you know, when you're around the racetrack for as long as we all have been now, man, you could come up with a billion stories, and, and then you could go home and probably come up with a billion more. Yeah, that's when they hit. Yeah. After a fact, mm-hmm. trying to think of them. It's not as easy. but You know, when, when you guys are working on two cars, uh, what's a typical week like during the race season for you guys come home say you 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 come home friday night I'm after dictator. river city speedway uh-huh i'm a dictator yeah it's, yeah well well it's gotta now. it's gotta get done i mean if we if we race friday or don't race saturday we get up get up early on saturday get them washed um then you gotta get all the fuel out of the bypasses out of the fuel pump out of the out of the injection out of the cylinders um gotta run valves Got a then you got grease bars, check every bolt. Um, it's there's a ton to do, but it's it's all got to be done. You know, so we don't wait for till Thursday. Well, because back when I was tr- trucking, you know, I, I last couple of years I've been lucky enough to be able to be home more in the summer. But we got in a habit when I was gone all week that everything had to be done and ready before I'd leave. Right, because she was little. Right, mm-hmm. and as he progressed, he took care of things more and more. Sure, and but so we got into a habit of where we had to know what we needed. It had to be there when I got home, so there was no surprises because there was sometimes you know I was driving quite sure. Well, and then you turn into Wednesday, and you guys are ready to go for the Friday show, and then but you see everybody else are just still scrounging. 
I mean, so time management is probably a huge thing. So There's that's, nothing better than the door of the trailer being closed and you have nothing to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, you mentioned earlier, Tom, in the show, uh, you know, sometimes the issue is guys not doing their maintenance. Um, it, but you can kind of tell on the racetrack on any given night who does and who doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, you, you, this is stuff you have to do. And and these are things that, that people that don't spend a lot of time around race cars, they yeah. don't realize. And, and we've tried to emphasize this all the time on the show. Yes. You don't just show up on a Friday night and go run your laps, then go home and come back the next Friday. There's so much more to well, it. Well, these guys, there's for these guys to race like they do, like you guys do every week, you don't have a team of guys behind them that go in through and then all you do is fly to the racetrack mm-hmm. and get in your car and drive and get in your helicopter and fly back home. No, they don't get that option. When you are when you see a dirt track racer, you don't see them clean. There's you oh. just you just don't. Yeah. I mean, when you go in and you visit with these guys back in the haulers and stuff, and there's not a clean driver back there. Yeah. Or yeah. Every or single cr- or crew, I think Talon's still dusty. Oh yeah. right. Just, yeah. Well, yeah. You look at these World of Outlaw guys. They all got the nice white shorts on and the nice white. They're just yeah. nice and clean and. Uh, but uh, you know it, it it's not like that at your local bull rings they uh, work their butts off yeah they I do mean, they do there's nothing better than a leak in a car Oof. <laughs> <laughs> we hold it open up and hold a can of worms there John. Yeah. yeah yeah um new season coming up um hopefully it's not like the last season uh this whole covid crap um how much work do you guys have to do before you're prepared for the next season or all you are you already ahead of the game? We could race tomorrow. You could. Why doesn't that not surprise me? Well, we I think they were just pointing to the fact that uh you know Blake just said on Saturday morning they get up early and they tear apart the motor already and everything has gone through bolter checked. The races we were You guys are ready to rock and roll. We were organizing and Okay, so that's that's racing but how about engine builds? How are you setting for that? We've We've got several for us, and we always have something that we could borrow somebody. I've, I've got, you know, several that we could run right now, and I've got three that I'm working on for us, and at least three or four others for other people. Holy. So it, somebody it, will come in in March and go, "Hey, you do my motor." <laughs> so in, if, Mar- in March, oh, yeah. yeah. So if, I want to run in April. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go down south. Gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go down south and run down south in Arizona in April. So, yeah. if somebody in a pinch, say they uh, they case a motor and they need a motor, and, and you're willing to borrow one, what happens if if they damage that motor? Do, do they nothing. pay or you well, just eat they, it or what? Ha- how does that work? Nothing. I we we've offered people before several times, and they've ran our stuff, and they're like, "Well, what if I blow it up?" And I'm like, "Well, it blew up. It would have blown up under my foot too." Okay. It's right. gonna go. It's gonna go unless you do something dumb. Mm-hmm. Race family, right there. That's yeah. Exactly I mean, that, to, to me, that just that blows my mind. Yeah. That there, somebody even answers slick, it like bah, that. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I'm gonna get upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, how much crap do you give uh, Travis Strandell about his being dirty all the time? A lot. <laughs> And, and, and I want to get him. Talk about a Bobby Allen reincarnate. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he was laying in the dirt the whole day or, doing, or what? He's doing tons better. I mean, he just. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. He's just some people get dirty. I'm one. Yeah. Right? But I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's like AA for dirty people. Yeah. <laughs> See, and me, I get mad if I spill a beer on myself at the racetrack because i'm dirty say, well, right dirt don't burn so well that's true get your suit all dirty and yeah um you guys got any sponsors you want to thank anybody that helps you on the car sponsors uh, i know you've already mentioned they're the guys that help you in the shop but go ahead here's your chance um i know you guys don't just do this on your own uh, with the wife julie and your mom uh, i mean it there's a lot of people involved and and stuff like that but here's your chance to thank Whoever you would want to thank for for your racing and and for having the Eglin boys out there, uh, I got to thank Dwayne Inglestead and Darren Inglestead Farms, um, Dave Hogfoss Trucking. Um, got to thank RZS Enterprises. They've helped helped me out a lot yep. over the year or a- over the a- years. A and S, Uncle, he's helped out here and there, and a lot of little things too. Awesome. Um, we just. I don't have the time to pursue it. Mm-hmm. So everything that 
people have done for us has usually been just because they've seen us in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Angleseds are unbelievable. They just drove by one day and want some help. No you know, kidding. We're spending on two cars what most people spend on their tire bill. So sure. Right. Right. I'm not going to cry about. It. We do okay. Yeah, you, you know, guys I, do. I mean, a limited budget. If you if you had a hundred thousand dollars a year to spend on your two sprint cars, it probably still wouldn't be enough, would it? We're not. But I mean, you can make it work. That. We're not anywhere near that. Right. We right. First rear end was last year. Is that kid, that right? Wow. First new rear end was last year. We've had three new cars. Yeah. He wrecked two of them. <laughs> Yeah, because he doesn't just bend a wheel, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like a little, nothing like a little fatherly son yeah. jab. Yeah, um, you know, and that's the thing. And I might be going out of line here, you guys, but um, I tell you what: if you're ever in climax and it's on a weekend or or any day of the week in the summer, and you drive by, and you're definitely going to know where you live oh, yeah. if you drive by. And I'm sure this has probably happened to you guys before, but you ever have just a random stranger come up? Oh, yeah. Uh, and just say, I'll wow, what are you guys doing? I would imagine this happens quite a bit. It was great. The best one was I got the keys. There huh? Was, there were some, we'll say they were from the south side of Chicago, but they had some nice wheels on their car. And, yeah. And they're like, what are them? And Chris was there, Chris and Blake and I, and they wanted pictures. And they were down in front of the car and i got the keys and doing the signs oh boy oh yeah okay they had so much fun i bet it was great we've had a lot of people what are them dune buggies (laughs) is that a rail yeah Yeah, what are you doing we're running running maple lake tomorrow so (laughs) (laughs) to make sure to come in and watch us yeah you know that that out that would be kind of cool because in erskine they do that ice racing and i have seen them do sprint cars on ice racing not at erskine but uh if if they did that around here was that something maybe you did put an old chassis together and maybe go try to mess around with those guys or or, oh it'd be fun we we actually did that with go-karts behind chris's mm -hmm. house we spent two months figuring out how to stud go-kart tires. yeah we, well oh, we used yeah. to take our dirt bikes and and use sheet metal screws you know the the hex head screws or whatever and we would just screw as many of those yeah. we could into the knobbies and we'd run down the river and thief river as fast as a lot of guys were going on snowmobiles oh, except yeah. uh, when you wipe out on, on one of it hurt it was actually it was actually i mean they were too hooked up I mean, yeah we were wide open oh i bet <laughs> uh you guys still do the go-kart thing quite a bit or not uh, they've been they've been just we are uh place where we had our track they got horses now. oh geez so. i was gonna say if you ever do we the got a dirt bike again. track again though chris made a dirt bike track yeah, there you so go go there and fall down which i did <laughs> what you do what Says, you uh, do according to nick ratton they used my go-kart and i didn't even get invited yeah yeah we did <laughs> for the ice racing <laughs> oh yeah that's right oh well yeah for the ice racing uh paul we're about ready to wrap this thing up, I think. Yeah. It's been fun. I, I tell you what, uh, this has been fun. Um, ever since we, I finally got to nail you guys down coming in here, uh, I knew this was going to be a great show. And, and when, when I really started to realize it is about four days ago uh, when we announced who was going to be on the show today, my, my phone started going nuts. Uh, <laughs> I started getting messages from a lot of people. Uh, you guys are, are so well-known in the, the dirt track racing world. And um, you know what? Uh, we're going to keep this thing going. We, we're probably going to change it to a Friday next year, but um, we want you guys back. Uh, we will want you guys back a lot. And um, next time, have a hat made for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, you guys were it'll, awesome. It'll go right up there. And I don't care if it's old and it's greasy and it's dirty, uh, but I think that makes the wall look a little better. Uh, Tom and Blake Eglin, uh, you guys are incredible. Um, I can't wait for the racing season to start again. Yes. And uh, fingers crossed that that everything's going to be normal. Yeah, no kidding. I decided I wasn't old last summer, so I'm going to try harder. You're my age. You're not that old. I'm going to try harder. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was I was told uh, the other day from uh, the lady from the Grand Forks Senior Center that I qualify for a lot of that stuff. And, that, and I'm his age. I'm getting that AARP stuff. Oh, yeah. I started getting that stuff like five years ago. Aren't right, you guys right, special? Yeah. Right, right to the gym. <laughs> Like too soon. <laughs> I might start having meals on wheels delivered to me right here. Yeah. 
You guys, thank you very much for coming on the Thanks show. Thanks for having us. Thank, thank you, guys. Yeah, oh, man. Uh, there you go. Dirty Thursday. Another one in the books. Uh, thanks to the Bull Ring Boy, my brother, Chad Hoff, uh, my Bull Ring Boy brother, uh, Tom and Blake Eglund. Incredible having you on here. Uh, Jade Hastings, by the way, says, could listen to Tom talk all day. Great show. Would like to see him on there again yeah. this winter. Maybe I could join Jade Hastings. Tom Eglin, maybe that might be a show. Get Blake in there. That that might be something to go for. Uh, special thanks, by the way, going out to Executive Properties for bringing you this dirty Thursday today. I tell you what, let Executive Properties get your work done. Maybe you want to remodel or something new around the house. Maybe you want a new garage done. Maybe you need that new kitchen remodeled. Maybe she's been bugging you about it or a bathroom. Tell you what, Executive Properties, they do it all, all types of commercial and residential work. Uh, they're going to take the time to listen to what you want done, and then they're going to do it the way you want it done, and then they're going to do it the right way, the way you want it done. Barry Romo and the boys over there at Executive Properties with over 30 years of experience. And think about it, so far this winter has been pretty nice, but uh, Executive Properties, they also do snow removal too. So uh, you know what, for all your general contractor needs, all your snow removal needs, Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Or you can check out the website at executiveproperties.org. And uh, also, you know what? Check out the reviews on Facebook and Google or that executiveproperties.org website. Uh, They got some great pictures of some of the work that they have done. Man, those guys are incredible. Executive Properties. Let them get the stuff done you need and get it done right. Hey, don't forget, we want you to become a Podbean Premium subscriber. Chance for you to win some stuff, and it's so easy to do. You just go to your Play Store, you download Podbean, you search GFBS, hit follow, and buy premium, and you're all set. And hey, don't forget, we're now on Amazon Music. Oh, yeah, you just uh, tell your smart speaker to play GFBS Podcast. And you know what? We want those five-star reviews on Google, too. Wow. We are Grand Forks' best source. We're a pure mist, safe zone. Be listening tomorrow's show. Lieutenant Matthew Beatty from the Salvation Army going to join us to talk about Big Rig 2020. Wow, what a great Thursday. What a great dirty Thursday. We're Grand Forks' best source. Make sure you share, tag, and like us. We are Grand Forks' best source, giving Grand Forks an identity again.